0: Welcome to Takeaways, Life Lessons Learned. I'm your host, Hayam Mizrahi, recording from MDL Group, recognized market leaders in commercial real estate brokerage and property management in Las Vegas, Nevada. Join me as I explore my takeaways from the people who have influenced me the most. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am here today. My guest is Rod Santo Massimo. Rod is the founder and president of the Massimo Group, a leading national commercial real estate coaching and consulting organization. He's a coach. He's a business owner, an author, a speaker, a podcast host, father, husband, and lacrosse superstar. I made a commitment to share a post every day from April 1st to April 30th to help my fellow commercial real estate agents find motivation, new ideas to stay proactive and productive. And in speaking with agents, Rod, I give your name out more than anybody else's name as far as resources on where to find help on these things. I tell them at a minimum, subscribe to your blog. I've had two agents register for your new to business program. These are not my agents, they're agents at another company. Last year, we had four or five of our new agents also sign up for that. You know, here I have one of our top producers who's a graduate of your one-on-one coaching i bought all your books i read 99 percent of your blog posts that come out on saturday i'm a big fan of yours thanks for being with me here today
1: oh i can't thank you enough for having me and what, what an introduction uh i'll detract a little bit from that lacrosse superstar but i i have accomplished the rest so so hey i love being with you i love the support of, of you have for us for company and more importantly you have for the industry and what you're doing right now. So, anyone I can help, please let me know.
0: Great, well, so those were my words to introduce you, but tell us in your own words, who are you and what do you do?
1: Yeah, so I run a company called the Massimo Group. I've done that for now 12 years. Uh, my background is varied in mostly commercial real estate, but I've been a COO of a telecom firm we took public. I've been a CFO of a law firm. I've had some trials and tribulations in my own entrepreneurial experiences. And so over that whole referendum of experience, I started this thing called a coaching company. And now we're branching out to coaching beyond commercial real estate. So it's what I, I love helping people. And I love seeing people really be successful. And that's,
0: that's what gets me up in the morning. So you coach top producing agents all over the country. Uh, you said you're branching out. Share some initial thoughts. What are you seeing right now?
1: Seeing right now reversing. seeing... You know, a month ago, a month ago, no doubt, it was the three scenarios, right? You had the panicked. And I felt kind of bad for the panic because they basically said right there, I'm giving up, right? Uh, I'm going to hoard the cash, or hoard the toilet paper, get all my meats and cheeses, and I'm going to hide. And and that's what they did. If, if history has taught us anything from 2008, those that panicked never made it back to commercial real estate. They didn't, right? So the panicked was one, the petrified was the other one. They were lost. They really weren't ready for what was about to hit them. They weren't have a sustainable business model to take this hit. And let's face it, it's a major hit and it's still punching us, it it is. And the third type were the proactive. They said, hey, you know what? This is happening. I've been, been through it before. Now, not to this acute level of the pandemic, but the unemployment, yes. The stock market dropping, yes, right? So, okay, what do I do? How do I reposition? What do I go after? So what I'm seeing now is Panic—they're gone. They're just gone, and they are and good luck coming back. It's—it's—it's it's, really—it's—it's surprising it's going to happen in in less than 45 days if you don't interact with your audience. Uh, Petrified have gained some clarity. You know, they are not quite there yet because clarity isn't there really for anyone yet. But the proactive is still doing what they've been doing, but they switched their roles now from being a service provider, to being a solution—you know—expert, solution resource. That's what we're seeing in the marketplace.
0: So that was what your post was about this uh, April 25th, it comes out on Saturday. Uh, the title was, what should I do? And the advice was to transform from being a service provider to a solutions provider. So share more a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, I'm still surprised that folks are still asking, well, you know, how can I make money right now? How can, how can I get commissions? And, and look, are commissions being made? Yeah, I, I, I'm proud to say that we track our, our clients at, at Massimo Group and their, their brokers, and to see their pipelines continue to grow is fantastic. But if that's your focus right now, how am I going to make money? Again, you're going to be left behind. you got to stop this service mindset, right? Not to say service isn't important. No, no, no. But now people are looking for answers, for solutions. You know, looking as a, an old client, and good friend uh, used to say, looking to you know put a blanket around the puppies there's a lot of puppies that right now haven't been through this and, and you gotta be the one that has the blanket that can help them out right that's what you need to be
0: it's a very visual and good analogy i want to take a, a stab at something a kind of an outsider looking in having watched observed what you've done over the years you know if the question is what should i do the next question is how do i do it you, know, you had a strategy, again, this is my observation, you can correct anything that was that's not correct in this observation. With your fir- first book, Brokers Who Dominate, brilliant, what you did, what, what I think you did and saw that you did, and it still applies today as far as a winning strategy on what, not what should I do, but how to do it. So you were getting into, the, or you were already into the, the business of commercial real estate coaching. This is, by the way, years before the term influencer was even a thing, or certainly not what it was today you interviewed top producing brokers across the country you profiled them in your book and you distilled what their habits were that made them successful you created you know so you go through and you interview all these folks you find you gather a bunch of information you put it in a nice organized package and then you give it to your tribe other commercial real estate agents that want to be successful and you know this kind of clicked for me when i was talking with one of my agents now Newer agent, frustrated, doesn't know what to do, doesn't know where to start. And I said kind of the same thing. You pick your area of focus, be very specific about it. Multi-tenant retail centers, 20 to 50,000 square feet. How many of those exist in our market? Somewhere around 300. You don't have to have the answers when you call, but you have to have the right questions. Mm -hmm. So come up with your questions and start calling. At the end of a week, however many you speak to, whatever information comes back from this tribe, you can then use going forward. So it worked for you then. I think it's a winning strategy now. What are your thoughts around that?
1: Well, I think it's a winning strategy, particularly now in this marketplace. I mean, that is, that is the prime strategy to have. Um, and look, I wasn't the first one to figure out that, you know, if you talk to experts and, and aggregate that and put it out in a context, people read it. And it's like did it, Tony Robbins did it, right? Tim Ferriss has done it. So, but no one's really had, had done that at the time in the commercial real estate world that they had But today, when you talk about aggregating information, accumulating that, and then sharing it back out. Yeah, so in your world, right? So you're telling your guys, go out there, talk to shopping center owners, figure out what's going on, and then pick up the phone and say, hey, look, I've been talking to a bunch of shopping center owners just like you, and let me tell you what they're they're struggling with and what they're doing. You don't think every shopping center owner is going to talk to your guys based on that pitch? Of course they are. You're talking to my colleagues, or worse, my competitors, and, and I, need, I don't know what's going on, of course they want to talk to you. So yeah, you're doing the exact thing. You're, you're doing it perfectly
0: actually, I love it. You know, For us, it, it shows up in two ways. We manage uh, 11 million square feet here. We have a, already a sample of what owners are feeling and thinking right now and what tenants are doing. So we're, we're using that, but uh, one of your, I don't know if she's a current client or an inactive client, Kathy Jones here in Las Vegas, did one better and, and called us and said, hey, We've got a management portfolio. I'm calling you and two other companies. Let's put our numbers together and see what we learn. And we all learn something from that. So that's one way. The other way it shows up, you know, my area of focus is owner, user, office, building owners. I happen to be the persona. I own a business, I own a building. So I cheated a little bit or I had a little advantage in the letter we sent out a couple of weeks ago. What are the top three things business owners that are building owners thinking about right now? You know one of them is everyone's talking about ppp but there there's a whole of other programs out there that Mm -hmm. we could be taking advantage of and what do you know we had a listing appointment last friday in the middle of this pandemic so it absolutely works you said something that you weren't the first to figure out this process but you were the first to do it in commercial real estate which brings us to this you just wrote a book knowing isn't doing uh, the title's brilliant. The acronym KID, Don't Kid Yourself, is even more brilliant. You know, I was reading through this book. I'm grateful that I was one of the, the first to get this. It's in pre-release. At the end, I'll let you tell everyone how to find this book. I wanted to, to talk with you about a specific story that you share right in the introduction, right on page four. You talk about this time in your life. You were working at a company. You were the COO. Your, one of your best friends was the CEO, Tony. He passed away. And then you found yourself in this sort of in this place and I'll describe what my observations of it were you don't really go into your state of mind. In the book because it wasn't really I don't feel like the right time or place. Maybe you were laying the the context for the rest of the book. But I I, I went back and I scratched my head. I'm thinking, am I reading this right what I took out of it. I'll I'll lay it out. And then I want to ask you, you know, how you what were you thinking and how you overcame it. So your friend passes away. So you're grieving the death of one of your best friends. The company without a CEO loses its funding and shuts down. So you're grieving now losing the company that you were working at. You're also in this weird state of grief where you need to figure out your next move, but you already know you don't want to be an employee, yet you don't have a company started yet to go to. You're a father of two. You got to figure it out. Bring us back to that moment. What were you feeling and how did you overcome that?
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So, so a great insight into a very short section of the beginning of a book. And that was actually the first of three experiences I had. Of course, it was 2008 when you found yourself without a job and no jobs to be found. Uh, yeah, Tony passed away on May 5th, 2002. So it's been 18 years next week. Um, and then the company did shut down. The, there was a whole... Early 2000s, bubble burst, technology, everything was going on, and our funding shut down. Um, and I did I knew nothing about <laughs> telecom, but he asked me to run his company, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> but we we did take it uh, private, took it took it public. That that ended up not being worth anything. But yeah, you know, it's it's always been one of just pure survival. You know, that's you know, I actually started building that that watch company at that exact time, because so I said, you know what, maybe I'll figure out what I'd like to do. I was, I was really into fitness, I still enjoyed fitness, but back then I was, I was obsessed with fitness and I thought I could build a sports watch. We did, we got a patent, took it to Timex. They said no, but, but um, it's just purely 100% survival because there is no other option. just purely isn't, there's never an option. And that's, I think when you see those, like I said earlier, the panic, the proactive and mm-hmm. the productive and the petrified, I've never been one to be petrified and i have never going to panic. You know, I always know I, I wasn't putting this earth to just uh, to wilter away. That's life's too short.
0: So that was your next move. You started a company. Your father gave you some advice, figure out what you love the most. Do that. You start a company called Workout Man, which if I understood it right, you were on the cutting edge of the smartwatch. You developed a watch that would track your fitness. That's what you're, you are and we're passionate about. But then, workout man failed. Didn't work out. You failed. <laughs> you went on. You to know be- what?
1: I, I'll never forget when Timex said, "Who the hell's going to track their workouts on a watch?" <laughs> and so, you know what? <laughs> At the time, they were right. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, right, yes, it did not work out. You're correct.
0: So that didn't work out. You then went on to be a CFO. You didn't want to be an employee, but you did what you had to do. You were a CFO for two years of a law firm and then you were let go. You then went on to be the regional manager of the Sperry Van You did that for two years and then you were let go. It was a recession, so that was the reason. But here you are now, three businesses in your life that you've tried to start and have failed. Two layoffs in four years, it's the recession. Where do you go, where do you come off starting your own company at that point? Didn't your wife have other ideas about what you would be doing?
1: No, actually she did, which is, you know, I'm blessed in that way. Uh, I worked for Sperry Van Ness for four years and I spent, because I moved up to executive, whatever they called it. So, and you know, I was helping run the firm with the current CEO who just, by pure, uh, being ironic, I actually talked to him today on this morning, but you know, when Mark Van Ness let me go, I said, thank you. And I meant it because I was traveling to California every freaking week. And I had two young kids in North Carolina And so when I was let go, it was actually a relief, more than a stress. And then when I sat down and I, that was the last straw, though it was, it was actually the last straw. I said, I will never work for anyone again. I was done. I worked my butt off, got laid off. I said, it's time to to grow up. I was 45 years old uh, back then. Um, Yeah, I'll be 57 next month. So yeah, 45 years old and out of a job. And there was, again, just like 2000, there were no jobs to be found, just like 2008 when it happened, and by the way, just like 2020, some people would say, right? So what do you do? You figure out where the need is, you figure out where you can help, and you, you have to convince yourself and acknowledge, even though I'm going to work my ass off for the next several years and get little sleep and may see my kids actually less than I did when I had the job, that it's going to work out. And I mean, I get paid for a while, and I didn't, I didn't get paid for a long while, but. You just gotta be confident in yourself. You know, I, I was—I don't know if you heard the webinar I did the other day with a uh, fighter pilot from the Air Force. He he hits me with something that's so profound, and he said, "Look, when you ask for help, there's no greater there's no greater representation of courage there isn't, or confidence." So yeah, when I started out in 2008 with the Massimo Group, and no one was gonna spend money investing in themselves, no one had money. Just like today, some of you're thinking, no one has me. What am I going to do? You got to have the courage and the confidence just to move forward and think what you're doing is the right thing. And that's what, that's what it turned out to be. Did I make mistakes? Was I scared? Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. But you got to keep on moving forward.
0: I would add to courage and confidence, the commitment you talked about with previous, you know, companies, you didn't have a commitment. Now you have the commitment. So any commercial real estate agent listening to this right now, you just have to have the commitment that I started my career. It wasn't quite the peak the last, you know, before the last crash, it was Mm peaking. So as it was peaking, I still had this false sense of hope about what I would be doing you know, what I would achieve in this career, but none of that happened. I wrote it straight down to the trough, but you know, it was never a question for me. Actually, there was a moment there where it was dire and I didn't know if this was a viable career, but I persevered and here I am now and it's worked out just fine. Just like I know this will work out just fine. Now, so let's go back to that moment. You launched this business in the throes of a recession. Uh, you had this great marketing message that was about to go out to 2,000 contacts. Wow, did it fail, for, not fail, but man, did you misfire on that. It was supposed to say, engage the Massimo Group and your business will soar. It said, engage the Massimo Group and your business will sour. So I wanna use this as a segue Oh hold it.
1: Hold it. I thought it said, but I thought it said sore until I realized I spelt it sour.
0: <laughs> well, here you go. I mean, you're about to launch your company. You, pro- you probably poured hours into this thing and just didn't see the typo and it was a failed marketing message, but that didn't stop you. No. And here's why. First
1: of all, as you, you know, in the book, my dad, my, my great, my late father, uh, passed away a couple of years back, but he, he said, hey, Rocket was my nickname for my college days at lacrosse. Hey, Rocket, you may want to change that ad. <laughs> I was like, why? It's, it's fantastic. I said, like, try, try to read it again. And I was, you, you, you command, humiliation wasn't the issue. I mean, it wasn't a humiliation issue, it was, oh my God, I put all my effort into this company and look what I did, right? Oh my God. Um, and some people wrote me and told me I was an idiot. I mean, they did. They, they said, man, you must who the hell would work ever work with you? You're an idiot, right? Did I deserve it? I don't know about that. It was a little harsh, but you know the funny thing was, a lot of people wrote me or called me and said, "Hey, I want to talk to you about your business." So <laughs> they, they couldn't smell either. <laughs> so you thing know, is, look, we're going to make mistakes. You make mistakes every day. Every look, I still make mistakes every day. I do. Fortunately, now I have a more talented team around me than I did by myself when I started out, and so they catch most of my mistakes. But if you truly believe and commit to what you're doing, that so what? People are gonna hate you. This is the way it is, you know? It's amazing how cruel people could be on the internet right now. Even, which I think I'm not doing terrible things. I get these comments. I, I make sure my children can't see it because they'll be really upset. But that's just the world we live in. You gotta go through, you gotta have the commitment. So I thank you, you're right. Courage, confidence, but yes, commitment is the word.
0: So you mentioned you're not one for, you know, to be panicked or petrified, but, and you make mistakes and you just brush it off, no big deal. That's not the case for a lot of people. Some agents that I've talked to here in my office, outside of my office, last week, a matter of fact, I was asked to be the instructor for the NAOP Developing Leaders Program. These are 20 up and comers in our commercial real estate industry. It's a spectrum of agents, bankers, engineers, architects, all that. So one of them asked the question, you know, how do you market yourself? I just, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to, frankly. I'm, I've got what's called imposter syndrome. Uh, You know, the fear of being found out, the fear of being a phony, the fear of being, or you know, even undeserving of success, fear of rejection. How do people overcome this?
1: Uh, First, that's a great question. And for our one-on-one clients, we actually do a behavioral assessment on their makeup and how they're wired. And so someone, for example, who has a very low, just not not a negative and not a failure, no, no, just a lower than the range on a sociability scale, for example. So they're not going to go out there. They're not going to go on social media. They're not going to give a speech. they just, they will not, right? So let's figure out what they can do, what they will do, and they, and what they, their their just their vision is. I know you, you may say what can you convince you to make a switch, uh, but I, I truly believe that people are wired the way they are and you have to work within what's what they're really good at. And then Build around where they may, for lack of a better term, currently be challenged. You know, not a weakness, but if you're challenged to get out there and market, okay, let's first figure out why. And I would really drill down on the why. What's the worst thing that could possibly happen? Let's figure that out. And you realize, eh, you know, can you really do a national blast and, and use the word sour when you hire me? Now, that's that. That is the ultimate in disgrace. But. You had to figure out why this issue relies. and then once you figure out, then let's build a team around you. Look, I had a, I had a gentleman when we first started out coaching. He would physically, and I mean physically, get ill when he picked up the phone. He could not do it. So what do you do? Well, you build a team of prospectors around him. He he leverages that, and when he knew he had a meeting, he was smooth as could be. He was. It was just it was a freakish thing. I can't tell you. But you ask him to pick up the phone and ask for a meeting, he couldn't do it. He just cannot do it. Physically got ill. It's going to happen. I, I my approach is always to build around that. Wherever you're challenged, look, I got a great marketing team, I got a great sales team, I got a really good operations team, I got a fantastic tech team. They're all smarter and better than me in every, every single facet. They are, right? And that's you got to build. Some people, though, I'll share with you. Some people are really scared to build around them and invest in themselves. And if that's the case, then I have to ask the question you asked, right? Are you committed to this? Because if you're not, let's find something else for you to do.
0: That's a good insight. The last part about what is their, their commitment level. Let me ask you, 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 are big on your, your whole organization is big on the persona of the prospect really drill down into who they are, what's their, what's their behavior, who they hang around, what's the psyche you even give them names. And in your book, one of the names is Ned newbie. So I'm a new agent. How does a Ned newbie type build around themselves? What resources, if they don't even have resources, how do they get around some of these things?
1: Yeah, you gotta get a mentor, very simple. And then you better have a mentor. In fact, that's something we talked about in the first book as well, right? The, the need of these, we call them the, I think the up-and-comers, I think it was up-and-comers, but these folks just starting out who are doing well. And when we looked at the most successful ones, they all to a T had a mentor and they were the mentee and they force themselves sometimes into mental relationships. Look, I'm going to be a pain in your butt until you agree yes. So you're right, they don't necessarily have the resources. Now, with that said, could you stop watching a football game every night and instead get on LinkedIn and give some messages? Yeah, you can. I remember one kid told me, what, you expect me to mail these letters? <laughs> and I said, you didn't realize I was mailing letters just, just last week, right? So I don't know how special you may think you are, but yeah, if you're watching football, go ahead, stuff your envelopes during a football game, right? We make choices. Those choices we make, it really tells where we're going to go. I just asked someone yesterday, asked on social media, who works on Sundays? Overwhelmingly, 90% of said, yeah, I work two hours every Sunday to plan for the week, right? It's this part where we talked about. You, you brought it up, commitment. Are you committed?
0: That's, uh, I saw your post on Who Works Sundays, and I was wondering what that was about. But now it makes sense. I mean, you're serving your, your folks. Um, the comment I always make is Netflix. You can watch Netflix, but you better be doing something while, while you're watching Netflix. You know, there's somebody that I was coaching, uh, their, their commitment we wrote down, if I don't do these things, I will sell my PlayStation. So you got, you got to find it where you can.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: I love that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, it's what you said. It's about choices. In fact, my post today is about choices. I have two choices when I, when I approach this. I can either choose to fuel the, the concern, the anger, the whatever it is we're feeling around COVID, or I can choose to be the opposite. I can choose to be positive. I can choose to be cheerful and it took me a long time to get this i mean i read a lot in college like you mentioned tony robbins and all this other material that's out there it's one thing to read it it's one thing to actually feel it i'm at the point where i know it literally is a switch it's a muscle that i've built in myself that it's a switch if i'm thinking negative thoughts and I, i do have bad days there are tactics i can go through to transform that or just to say today is a bad day in fact in in writing these posts every single day it's like a digital um, not library, a digital um, journal. Journal, thank you. I've had two bad days since April first that I posted about. It happens. So, what tools do I have? What resources do I have? And if it's a bad day, just say today sucks. Tomorrow would be better.
1: That's awesome. And you're, and you're right. Look, hell knows I have bad days. We all have bad days, right? Days when you say, "Is anyone ever going to sign up for coaching again?" <laughs> they have those days, right? And today, three people sign up and say, "Yeah, we want to invest in ourselves." So it's always going to happen, no matter where you are. So I, I, I appreciate what you're doing.
0: So well, I feel it. You feel it, Rod. That's really all I have. Uh, do you have any final takeaways that you want to share? Well, you're
1: a student. You're you've been a student of real estate. You've been a student of leadership. And um, there's a couple things I'll leave you with. You know, one of my greatest sayings, or favorite saying, excuse me, not my greatest. My favorite saying, probably Jim Rohn. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. I think it was Jim Rohn who said, "Look." There are two pains in the world, right? There's the pain of discipline. Yeah, you got to go out and bust your ass. You just do. And then there's the pain of regret. And the pain of regret really hurts. Really, really hurts. And you look back in the book, what I talk about, I didn't go marketing with the watch. I didn't do this with this company. I didn't do that with this company. All these things I could have, would have, should have done. There's no way the Massimo Group or that book would ever have come about without all those lessons and all those pains of regret that's what it was we're all going to have them but it's the pain of discipline the pain of pain of actually doing and knowing isn't doing is what it's all about so i can't thank you enough what you're because you're doing you're just not knowing you're actually someone that's doing and i'm thrilled to be a fan of yours
0: thank you for that i'm obviously a fan of yours where can people find you if they want to find you
1: you know, I'm excited. Really excited. If you're, if you're a CRE broker now, we, we, we launched a new platform called Massimo, M-A-S-S-I-M-O dot coach. This is our greatest platform. The, the most comprehensive platform I built in the 12 years. I did it in the last month when I saw things changing and it's for anybody, architects, engineers, appraisers, lawyers, insurance, anyone, commercial real estate folks who are thinking now it's time to rebuild my business. And the book, Knowing Isn't Doing, this is the first official book I've had with a distributor. We're not allowed to sell it till October. So I'll get more, get closer to that, but that would be a big launch in October. You're one of, you're one of the 300 that got jumped on that early offer. So, so thank you for that.
0: Absolutely, I had Anna here ready for the day and she was on the phone, the first thing she could be. And I made sure to get my book right when it came out. Ron, thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you, Guy. And I just want to say again, look, People should always, always take advantage of what they learn, and now you have knowledge, right? Take an example from you. See See what the host is doing here on this show, putting out content every single day and valuable content. You're a leader in Vegas, you are, right? And more so, you're a leader throughout the country now with your posts on social. So if you want an example, follow him. Thank you.
0: Thanks for that, Rod, and everyone, thanks for listening. This is a special episode of Takeaways that we're recording in response to COVID-19. If you like what you heard, make sure to leave us a comment, leave us a review. My name is Haim Mizrahi, tune in next time. Thank you for listening. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Takeaways Podcast is about sharing and paying it forward. If you like this show, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review. It really goes a long way. And if you really like the show, please share takeaways with a friend. Thank you and tune in next time.